It's All Light. I'm your host, Natalie Baugh, and today's special guest is Sage Lasweer, all the way from Provo, <laughs> but originally from Carlsbad, California, and recently from Poland, right? <laughs> I guess you could say that. You lived there. She got back from her mission in March? Yeah. Yeah? So tell us a little bit more about yourself, Sage. Yeah, so... Like Nat said, I'm from Carlsbad, but I was in Poland for 18 months, got back March 14th, nailed that. Um, so I was there when everything started with the war. So that was crazy. crazy. Trying to learn Polish also, that that was also crazy. Yes. It's pretty difficult. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I love the beach because I live right there when I'm at home. Right now I'm just in classes i'm in a river rafting class so that's fun no way where do you guys river raft um we're gonna like take a trip to the snake river and go down that yeah that's awesome so so fun do you know what you want to study i want to go into experience design and management great choice yeah i haven't applied to the program yet so we'll kind of see how it all goes i'm just taking generals and prereqs right now right Good for you. I I wish I would have known about that a little sooner because I just got into the PR program when I heard about that major and I hadn't done any of the business prerequisites. So I just kind of left it where I was, but sounds like an incredible major. Yeah. I've only heard such good things about it. And the class, the river rafting class I'm taking is from like the professor who kind of came up with the program. And so it's cool to get to learn from him and have experience. That's awesome. I love any type of active class. I took the learning through service class and we, oh. we can go just go out and do service. And I loved that class. Yeah, that nice. sounds so cool. So I forgot to mention how I know you. So Sage's <laughs> uncle is my brother-in-law. <laughs> yes. And she's also my little sister's roommate because when when our sister and uncle, your uncle, (laughs) it's crazy to think Coop's your uncle. Um, When they got married, Sage and Brooke met and became friends. I was on my mission, so I missed that first bit, but yeah. Yeah. And you and Brooke have been to Guatemala together and just California trips. You came and stayed in Utah, right? Yeah, went to the cabin. Oh, yeah. So fun. So Sage is now basically our cousin, even though she's, a, a niece-in-law. <laughs> yeah, it makes it makes explaining how we know each other easier. Me yeah. and Brooke are always just like we're cousins. We're cousins. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> so tell us. Well, I'm gonna start off with the question of the day, and then we'll go into more of like what you light up about. So yeah. let's see. What would be the title of the book about you if your worst enemy wrote it? Oh. Or just someone who doesn't like you? <laughs> um, this is a weird question, but bear with me. Huh. Probably. <laughs> Sergeant at Arms. I don't know. The mm-hmm. only person I can think about <laughs> that, like, literally the only person I can think of that would maybe have a strong opinion about that. 
I lost to in the student body presidential election and she won student body president and I was sergeant at arms. So maybe it would be like- That's, that's a good name, I like it. My mind went to like, obviously I love my siblings, but like, of course, those are sometimes the ones you like unapologetically say everything to. So I'm like, what would my little brother name a book about me or my sisters? Yeah. Yeah, luckily I don't have too many enemies. I did have a girl subtweet me in high school. Do you know what a subtweet is? No. <laughs> Maybe it'll come back on threads. But a subtweet was where you talked about someone, making it obvious that you, everyone knew who you were talking about, but you never mentioned their name. And so me and this girl liked the same guy. This happened twice, sophomore year and junior year. But like one of them commented just like furball or so, I can't even remember, but something so rude. And you could tell like it was me because of my curly hair or something. Yeah. So maybe mine would be something about like furball. Rude. Fuzzy hair, fuzzy haired something. Yeah. High school. Good times. Okay. Yeah. So Sage, I, I know a few of your passions and hobbies, but just give us an overview of just things that get you excited. And that you're putting your energy into? Um, right now I'm training for a marathon. Woo woo. It'll be my first. So I'm I love for that. Run. Yeah. I love running. Um, I wouldn't say I'm like good at it by any means, but I do love it. That's so awesome. that's the boat I, I am in. Like I've gotten better at it, but I'm I'm not good at it. I just run for fun and for my yeah. sanity. <laughs> for sure. It's like so nice to just get out and have time to yourself. But yeah. that, um, just like the ocean, I guess, is always yeah. something like whenever I see the ocean, I'm like, ah, peace. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I think just like talking to people about Jesus. Yeah. I love that. Like I'm always looking for ways to do that. And so I feel like I find so many random ways throughout the week to do yeah. that but it's so fun and it keeps me on my toes and I feel like it introduces me to so many different people and so many different crowds of people that it keeps me um really engaged and yeah. like close to heaven I guess which is fun I love that and I would I would love to talk more about it because I would assume some of my demographic that listens to this podcast the 20 people that listen thank you um <laughs> I'm sure they're like maybe similar to my age where we've been home from our missions coming on like six, seven years, you know? So some it's like not as easy for us to remember what it's like to talk about Jesus, you know? Whereas like the first year after being home from your mission, it's still in your blood, which is amazing. And my little sister just got home to Brooke, Sage's roommate. And like just how she talks, how she prays, you know, you can tell there's a difference, you know? And it's like, okay, yeah, how do I tap back into that? But yeah, I always look forward to traveling because that I feel like it's easier traveling than when you're just at home walking on the street sharing your testimony about Jesus, but even like ministering in your wards and stuff like that. But okay, so let's start with the first one, running. So have you been a runner? Didn't you do soccer in high school? Okay. Yeah, so I grew up playing soccer. So it's like there's running and that obviously, but and I in middle school I did cross country and track and field but that was mostly just because it was like I needed to stay in shape so it wasn't really anything real um but and then once like COVID hit I started running a little bit more and so I would go on runs with my friend but then on my mission 
um, I never ran because it was like snowy, <laughs> dark, and yeah. like it'd be pitch black when we were supposed to be going on a run. And so we'd be like scared because we're like, we don't want to go run. Did you have wild dogs too? No, actually, oh, okay. but just like very yeah. drunk men. <laughs> yep. No, my mission had the drunk men and wild dogs. So we would just have to like run up and down the stairs of our apartment complex. It was scary. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of my comps just didn't like to run. So. I, I forced my, well, I didn't force them, but I, I highly persuaded them to come run with me every time. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, after my first companion, she she was, like, a runner. We ran, I ran with her. After her, didn't run again. And so I got to the point where I was, like, I just really miss running so much. Yeah. When I get back, I'm going to run a marathon, which was, like, such an interesting goal for me because every time I ran at home, I quit soccer because I got stress fractures in my shins. Like, I just got really bad yeah. shins. And so, like, every time I would try to run, after that, I would get really bad shin splints to the point where, like, walking was bad. And my parents were like, dude, like, Stop. don't walk. Like, don't run. Like, yeah. you can't go up and down the stairs. Like, what's wrong with you? But I just liked it. So I was like, no, like, I'm going to make it my goal. <laughs> but this training cycle, like, I haven't gotten shin splints at all. So Do you stretch your calves and your feet? Um, I need to be better about stretching, honestly. Because that is, like, the number one prevent... I, me too. I need to, like, set alarms for stretching and rolling out. But, like, especially after you run, do, like, five to ten minutes of stretching. I had yeah. I had a stress fracture in high school, too, from track. And took a month off of running. I, like, cried. I'm like, I can't run for a month. Yeah. Uh, running is the best. Yeah. I love it. Well, that's exciting. I'm so happy for you. And I think you're going to love it and get addicted. And maybe we can do one together in California. <laughs> that would be so fun. Yeah, running along the coast. Yeah. I was home for, like, last weekend. And my time's, like, at home and just, like, running along the coast. I was like, this is a different story. Like, this is so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, no <laughs> elevation gain. The elevation gain is brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well fun. Um, do you think... Well, I, we'll ask this after a marathon because when I've run a marathon, I'm like, everyone should do at least one marathon in their life. So I'm curious. You're, we'll have to touch bases back with you when you're done with it. Um, yeah. We, we kind of talked about running alongside the ocean. So you grew up since... You, were you born in California then? So I was born in Arizona. Oh, that's right. And then moved to California. Lived in Arizona till I was like in fifth grade. One of those years I spent in Massachusetts and then moved to California. Did you live with like, Bella? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Fun. Okay, that's awesome. That's their family from Boston that moved yeah, moved to Utah. Yeah. So I lived with my grandparents out in Wonderful. So are you like surfer? What do you like what do you do in the ocean or are you just like you just like being by the ocean? Um, I love to swim in the ocean. I would prefer swimming in the ocean over any form of water, but Why? I'll go swimming. Sorry, what? Why Why do you prefer the ocean over any other body of water? It just feels like, I don't know, so much more refreshing. Like, chlorine dries me out. Mm. And then I feel like lake water just kind of feels grosser than ocean water. Mm. And you're not scared of sharks? <laughs> or or uh, eels or jellyfish or fish? I used to be, actually, I used to be, like, deathly afraid of going deep. I would only go deep in the ocean at one beach because for some reason I thought like that one beach was safe <laughs> like so my dad would try to take me surfing at other beaches and I wouldn't go out mm. like I would like 
he's so scared. Um, but I've I've gotten over that fear. Because yeah. you surf and you swim out to where it's deep, and if you fall in, yeah. you're just in the depths of the ocean, and yeah, and you're and, and you're fine. <laughs> I'm trying to like. I want to be that way. I've never surfed before. I've swam in the ocean, but like, I'm always so hesitant to get in at first. And if anyone else is like me, what advice do you have? Um, I really do think it just takes time, like getting comfortable with it. And then also just realizing like, I'm way more scared if I'm the only one out. Yeah. Like if oh, I'm yeah. the only one out in the ocean, then I'm going to be a little bit like, okay, this is kind of sketchy. Mm -hmm. But like if I'm going out in the summer, chances are there's tons of people out in the water. Surfing. And yeah, or just like swimming, like there's tons of tourists. Yeah. And the chances of you you being the one to get bit by a shark, so low. <laughs> so low. There was a video on CNN of the shark in Florida. Did you see that on social media? It was like right in between all these people playing in the water and it just this huge shark swimming through. And I'm like, usually they don't bother you if you don't bother them. But yeah, I hear it's more, it's more common that you'd get in a car crash than it is you'd get bit by a shark. Yeah, you stay pretty safe. My dad's been out surfing while like a great white has breached and he was okay. You're and kidding. They out, so... Oh my gosh. It was all right. Was your dad young or was he like when you were, when he was your dad? When he was my dad. It was Dang. just like, I don't know, probably like four years ago. Holy cow. Yeah. So he's a pretty big surfer. Yeah. He goes like every day. Wow. Yeah. He Dang. loves it. What's the best beach to start learning how to surf on? Near uh, your house in California. I don't, I think that's like preference on what wave. I would say probably not a reef we mm. have some reef breaks near us and that's like if you're gonna fall you don't want to fall on a reef oh yeah just one of the ones with sand instead of yeah. reef but have you had any major injuries no luckily i'm i'm really cautious when it comes to surfing like i'm not good i i am really cautious about it which i think is one of the reasons i'm not super good at it because like my brother and my dad They'll go out whatever the size of wave, whatever the conditions. They just go crazy. But I'm like, okay, the waves are huge. I'm good. Thanks. Like, I don't want to go. Or, yeah, I just, I stay on the cautious end of things. But it's fun. Like, if my friends are going out, I'll go. Or, like, people love to go night surfing. So, it's like, I'll go do that. But The ocean I, in the dark it sounds even more scary. I'm like, I need to just get over my fears one by one. That's so fun, though. Yeah, it's fun. I love all the surfing movies, Chasing Mavericks, um, That's a Soul good Surfer. One. I'm like, there's literally two I can think of. Um, does your mom surf? No. Nope. And she grew up in Boston, Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Any last last thoughts or things people should know about your first two hobbies or passions? Any running tips for new runners? Uh, I don't think so. Just get out and I do know. it, huh? I, yeah. Don't run in jorts. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know. I feel like sometimes I see new runners run in things that make running seem like it would be more miserable. Yeah. And I'm like, run in things that are so cozy. Yeah. 
So lightweight. So you don't die of heat. Get good shoes. Yeah. It's worth being so cozy. And stay high. Like, the more I learn about running, it's like, yeah, three-mile run, you might not need to eat anything before. But, like, you definitely have to hydrate and maybe take some type of replenish snack Mm -hmm. or something. Yeah, there's... So many little things that, like, when you start figuring them out, they make all the difference. That, yeah. I'm proud of you. I think it's so awesome. All right. Now for your last passion. I'm sure you have many more passions, but one I want to focus on today is, is talking about Jesus and and why you love that and how others can do that more. Yeah. I don't know. I just, like, I think... In high school, I would, like, honestly shy away a lot from, like, talking about Jesus with people. I think a lot of that came from I was one of the only members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints at my high school. I say only. Like, there are other people, too, but it's, like, Small. we were a minority. Yeah. And so it was a lot scarier when people start asking questions because you're like, okay, like, I know that I'm like strange to them. Like there's not tons of people backing me up here. Mm. And so it was always kind of nerve wracking to get into a conversation about it. But every time that I had a friend like genuinely ask questions, like want to know, and I felt like I could answer and sit down and be like, okay, let's actually talk about this and just kind of be like, let's talk. I loved it. Like I had so much fun just talking to them and we had such good conversations. And honestly, then a lot of those conversations ended with me being like, uh, I'm not really sure. I need to go talk to my mom and like study Mm -hmm. a little bit more and I'll come back to you because I was in high school and like, I, I loved Jesus then, but like, I didn't know that much. Like I was trying, but I don't, I, I mean, I still don't know that much, but like, especially then, like I was so busy and like, I don't know. I just really didn't have answers to many of their questions because I didn't have very much experience answering questions. Mm-hmm. And it was such a good experience for me to be able to say like, hey, I don't really know the answer to that. Can I go like study? Find out, and come- yeah. Yeah, and That's cool. it was it was super cool. And I feel like that shaped my testimony a lot and it prepared me a lot to be able to go into my mission um, in Poland where a lot of people there are Catholic. They had a lot of questions, like tons. And I was like, I was so ready to just be like, all right, let's sit down. And I would just sit with people on buses and open the Book of Mormon and just read with them. And I would ask some questions and if they didn't have an answer, I'd be like, okay, but like, let's keep talking. And I don't know. I just, I'm a pretty like bold person. (laughs) I'm pretty like open, straight point. And I feel like when that comes to like questions in the gospel, it was such a blessing for me. Mm -hmm. Because you're not afraid to share what you know, as well as find out about people. I think a lot of missionaries that get sent to Eastern Europe and like Russia, like it was very different than Poland, but like similar thing where I just, I have no filter. I'm like going to ask them what they believe and I'm going to share what I believe, like no questions answered. And yeah, some of the most, sorry, I'm losing my voice a little bit, but some of like the most 
powerful experiences. We're just sitting on the bus, like you said, and I'd be like, so like, what's the purpose of your life? And they'd be like, I don't know. And I'd be like, how do you not know? You know, like in a nice way and try to, and then just pull out my plan of salvation pamphlet and be like, look, like you can know. And then, yeah, then we couldn't proselyte and all we did was serve, but service, like, I know you did so much service on your mission too, which will be fun to hear about, but it's just cool how, whether by words or by your actions, like people could feel Jesus through you. And I think that was one of my favorite parts. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's something that I've just tried to bring home is like something that I tried really hard every day on my mission was to look for miracles. And that is so easy to see when you're, when you are, when you believe that you're doing God's work, like Mm -hmm. that's so easy to expect when you're like, yeah, but like, I believe that God sent me here and I believe that he wants me to be doing this. So of course he's going to give me miracles. Yeah. Cause he called That's, you specifically yes. to that place. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, yeah, like it's almost not like expected, but it's like, yeah, like I believe that he's going to help me out because he wants this. Yeah. And it's so much harder to expect miracles in your daily life because you're like, I don't know for sure if he wants me to have this miracle, because what if this is just my desire? Or if this is just like, you know, like, I don't know if what I'm praying for right now is like me or like, I don't know. The spirit helping you pray too, because that's a big thing. And Hmm. it's so much harder to like, be like, oh, but I still can see miracles every single day, even though I'm not like on God's errand every second. And I feel like I've had to really shift my mindset and be like, no, like, I can still totally be on God's errand whenever. Yeah. And I think I've like developed this phrase and this mentality that's like, it's so weird. I don't know if I'm going to really be able to be explain it, but I call it like the miracle mindset. Hmm. And I think that it starts with going out of your comfort zone. Like you're never going to see miracles if you are staying where you are. Like if you're going through your daily routine and you're praying and you want to see miracles, but you're still just going to do the same thing that you do every day, you're probably not going to see the miracles. You're probably not going to see a change Yeah. because how, how could you? Hmm. Yeah. Cause but you're like, just doing the same thing. Yeah. But the second that like, okay, you're going to go through your daily routine and then you have maybe like a weird thought that you don't know is if it's like, a prompting from the spirit or it's just your weird thought or whatever and you decide to act on it like then maybe you'll start seeing miracles Mm. or then maybe you'll start seeing change and maybe you don't see a miracle right then Mm -hmm. but you're at least in a spot where you're willing to take risks and put yourself in a position Mm. where god is gonna be able to use you more i like that i like that a lot i think it's so cool that you developed that habit on your mission. I remember, I think the the year after I got home, I remember, I, I think I had broken up with this boy and I was just sad and I went to Barnes and Noble. You know, that's just, that was my place. <laughs> and I was in Barnes and Noble and just looking at these books in the children's section and this lady, this lady's little kid was running all over and she had like three other kids. So I just like sat down and read him a book and ended up like, 
helping him while she got her things done. And then I ended up helping like walk her kids to her car and buckle them up. And, and I had been like praying for, praying for specific ways to serve. And then it just takes our effort of just being a little bit more aware. And yeah, I mean, that was so many years ago, but like, I still remember that experience. So then it's like, okay, how do I use those and, and experiences since to like propel me to be in that space you were talking about that miracle mindset. So do you, yeah. do you journal your miracles? What helps you? Um, I'm actually so bad at journaling and I need to be better at it. Something I've been doing right now, which is nice and I won't have forever, but my last mission companion is still out in the field. And so I'll send her voice recordings, which that. is fun. Cause then I have like, I don't know, like kind of a record of it. Yeah. So I'll go back. So if I have like a thought, whether like in the temple or something, like I'll send it to her. Um, Cool. Or if like a cool experience happens, I'll send it to her and it's so fun. And it's also nice because it's like she can't respond right away. So it's like it's not like I'm getting like instant feedback, which is honestly a nice thing. It is like a journal. You're just sharing yeah. the miracle and then yeah. maybe evaluating them after too. It's good to to share them and keep them in memory for sure. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so what else helps you talk about Jesus with others? Um, I think... Especially now, being home. Getting over, like, for me being home, the biggest thing has been, like, uh, I'm, like, blanking on a way to say this, but I feel like I have my own perspective of people's mindset of me hmm. and just kind of getting past that and looking for ways to put myself out there so whether that's like there was this girl I'm like I became good friends with someone since I've been home and she was like there's this girl that I think you're gonna be best friends with and before my mission like I would have never just started texting her and I was like you know what like I'm just gonna text her so I text her I was like hey what's up let's like, be friends <laughs> yeah she said that we're gonna be best friends so we need to hang out and she's like yeah i'm going to this institute it's called like adaptive needs institute and we go and like help um Hi. adults with people needs and wow. do you want to come and i was like sure and so we went and then i've been going every week since and so that's oh. like been an amazing way that i've met a whole new group of people who go and help all these people talk about jesus that if I wasn't willing to put myself out there, I would have never gone to. Hmm. Or I like that. It's getting rid of your pride and pride yeah. looks, pride looks different. And like some people just think of pride as someone who's cocky and not willing to learn. But like pride can also mean like not willing to, to act on certain things because of an ego or doing things because of an ego. Yeah. yeah it's hard because sometimes they, they slip beneath. And it's hard to pinpoint, oh, okay, that's coming from ego, not from charity. You know, like pinpointing the right motives and intentions. Yeah, that's totally. Cool. I love this. These are fun thoughts. Um, yeah. Do you miss the mission? Yes. I feel Every like I wanted to just go back, which is crazy because it was the hardest thing ever. But for the first little while, I missed it so much. Yeah, every day I'm like, okay, I want to be back in Poland. I like text my mom. I'm like, so when if I don't get my program next year, just so you know, I might be Poland. traveling back to school and moving to Poland. And you got to visit your mission with your family, huh? Yeah. 
That's so, so I've already cool. been back too. So That's so awesome. Yeah. I was gonna go back in 2020, and then COVID hit, and then I was gonna go back soon, and then now there's a war. So I'm out uh, of luck for now, but. I know there's tons of Russian refugees in Poland and in everywhere. So it's like I was in Germany and ran into a Russian or Ukrainian like every day. So I was able to like communicate and chat with them, you know, and I love, I love anytime I hear it or even running my race a, a month ago, like this lady was talking and I was like, where are you from? She goes, Colorado. And I was like, where's your accent from? <laughs> and she yeah. goes, oh, Russia. And then I just spoke Russian to her, you know, it's just fun to always have like, that piece like for the rest of your life and then yeah. let it motivate you to like okay how can I be doing that now like the habits I built as a missionary and keeping them up so do you pray for active miracle like do you pray for miracles or how does that look do you pray for service opportunities I pray to be led every day led every day hmm, that's, yeah that's a new way of I've never prayed that way I think I did on my mission but okay being led yeah. I like that and like sometimes I'll specifically pray for miracle opportunities and sometimes I don't, but every day I do pray to be led because I think sometimes I need more guidance too of just like, I'm, I'm in a phase right now where it's like, I'm trying to make new friends. I'm trying to like figure out what I need in relationships and for a major and everything. And it's like, yeah. I need him leading me in so many aspects of my life. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just like, please lead me in this and in this and in this. Hmm. Um, but I feel like as I've prayed to be led, I, it's also led my thoughts in ways that guide me towards Christ, even as I'm like driving. And it's been so cool. Like I'll be like driving down the street and see something and it'll be like, oh my gosh, like this reminds me of this time that my dad took me to do this and I need to do that again because it it reminded me of this and I don't know it's just been so, really cool so being led by the spirit is is just kind of how we live our lives and and more than not we have the spirit with us guiding us and for paying attention to those things hmm. yeah so what helps you then like you you gave that example of like you saw something that reminded you to do something so being led is followed by action so what helps you act I guess if that's not too broad of a question I think just or, like, or be confident that you're acting in the right way. Yeah. I guess being confident acting the right way is always like the trickier part, but I don't know. I think for me, because on my mission, I developed a habit of like, just do it. If it comes to your mind, like it's probably a good thing. Yeah. I don't know. Like I'm not having things come to mind that are like going to make my life worse. They're always going to enhance my life. Like, and if it's not like, I don't know, I don't have those thoughts come to mind, but I'm sure if I did, I wouldn't entertain it. I don't yeah. know. But like, yeah. when a thought comes to mind, if it's going to enhance my life, like I'm going to try to do that thing. And then that makes me excited. Like, it's like, oh my gosh, that's such an exciting thing. Like, I can mm -hmm. see how it's going to make that better or that's going to help that person or mm -hmm. stuff like that. I like the part of getting excited about it. Cause I feel like sometimes when we have like a thought, whether it be good or even like a neutral thought and we are like 
we have that internal debate of do I do it, do I not, you know? Sometimes that happens immediately, and it's usually probably the adversary saying, nope, don't do it, because usually the first thought's from God, and then it's always countered. It's always brought, doubt's always brought in right after. So it's like a matter yeah. of of choosing to be excited to, to act on a thought, too. Like, if, if you know someone's in need and or you want to bring a friend dinner, then, like, being excited to be like, ooh, what's their favorite food? I'm going to make it and then take it to them just because you had that thought and then maybe they didn't need dinner, but it's just a nice, like, who doesn't want a free dinner any given night, you know? So it's like no matter what, it's going to be a good thing. I love that. Okay, you said something kind of at the beginning of this discussion I wanted to go back to. It was kind of along the lines of, like, transitioning from a mission and being home where you knew what to be praying for and how to be guided, and then being home, you're not quite sure what to be asking for. Tell me more about that. Do you remember what you said about that? Um, if not, no worries. We can, we can jump over it. But kind of like following God's will for you in your life. Like you were on his same, like doing his work. Oh. So now your life, it's like, okay, your life is your work, but it's still God's plan and his work. So how yeah. do you combine the two with like dating and, and college and stuff like that? Yeah. I feel like that was the trickiest thing for me about coming home mm-hmm. is not like, I feel like pretty quickly after I got home, I was like, oh, like I feel normal, <laughs> which a lot of people were shocked by. Like, Are you normal? I was like, yeah, I think so. Like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've always been weird, but you know, like aren't I feel we, normal. Aren't we all? <laughs> yeah. But um, it's just like, I knew every single day on my mission that what I was doing was fulfilling my purpose because I had such a clear purpose. Like they they tell you so clearly, like, you know, your purpose is to find, teach and baptize. Your purpose is to help others come unto Jesus Christ. And there's such specific ways that you can do that. And you have a companion that's with you at all times that helps you you know how to do that. Yeah. And And you have like designated time to read your scriptures and everything. And so then coming home and having to kind of set a purpose for yourself, like was so tricky for me because I knew that I wanted to still help people come unto Jesus Christ. But it's like, now that is my family and my friends. Mm -hmm. And now that is like just the people around me and myself and I have to figure out my own guidance to do that yeah and I have like at the time I was just home like I wasn't going to school I didn't have work I just had like long days like so long and I was like what do I, I do? don't know how to build this like yeah. and so I was doing like the most random things every day like okay um mom you have these leftover flowers can I just go take them to people and she's like what <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, I know, mom, but I have nothing to do. Like, I would give cookies to strangers on a bus. I know where you're coming from. (laughs) Like, just so random. Yeah, and I feel like that was like an extreme that I went through the first like two weeks that I was home. But, um, I, I went through a lot trying to figure out how I find kind of a balance. And as I was talking about this, I thought about something that I wrote, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it. Um, But one second real quick. Yeah. Because 
it's this cool thought. I had this companion. Okay, so I had this companion. She would talk a lot about how she had this journey. A journey. And I don't know if you've listened to Jared Halverson. And he talks about, like, faith journey and how a lot of people look back at Eden with contempt. And how it's like they wish that they could go back there because it was a place that was so perfect. But it was a place that, like, we had to leave, you know, because we need the atonement to, like, now we can go above Eden. Yeah. Uh, And... And I just, I wrote this, like, the week I got home. Hmm. And I just said, it's easy and makes sense to look back on Eden with contempt if you don't see the whole plan yet. So if I don't have joy yet, I haven't used the atonement enough in my current circumstance. Oh, wow, yeah. And so I was, like, in that week home, I was, like, just so missing my mission and looking back on it and feeling like that was my Eden. And I was so happy there and it was so easy for me to utilize the atonement and to find Jesus there yeah and what am I missing here and what I realized is just I just need to find ways to use the atonement more every single day Hmm. because that's what will elevate me to the next step and the second that I figured that out I felt like I did start to elevate my life and I started to find ways to let Jesus in more every day and kind of I don't know. It started helping me get past that. Do you feel like you received more like direction for your life as you did that? I think so. I think too, I just, my life started getting busier. Like I had already made plans on my mission. I knew that I was going to be coming home and that I was going to need plans. And I had prayed about them so much on my mission. So there was just a tiny bit of dead time. Mm -hmm. And so I was like going into plans. I had spring semester planned out. I had summer semester planned out and I'd felt good about it on my mission, but there was just like a dead space that I had. Yeah. Well, cool. Okay. So I want to, we'll end with, I have one more question for you and then we'll end with just like a takeaway from today's episode or like just something you, you hope others will take away from this. Okay. But the last question is just, why do you love Jesus? Um, I love Jesus because I, I just know that he loves me. I know that that like, is so simple, but I just am so grateful for everything that he's done for me and for the atonement. And I just... I have felt that power in my life and I've seen it transform me and I've seen it transform other people. And I think when you see power transform people and elevate people, you can't have anything but awe and wonder and gratitude and love. And that's what I have for my savior. Hmm. That's beautiful. It really is like just about tangible power like because you can see it when it when it touches people's lives yeah well I love that I love talking about Jesus too there's a Christian song called my Jesus by Ann Wilson 
If you haven't heard that, you should look it up. You probably already know it, but yeah. It's just fun to hear like general Christian people as well. I feel like I've, since I've been home many years, you know, like I've transitioned to, to just talking more openly with other Christians. And I love learning about other religions. And I love just finding connections. Be like, oh yeah, we believe something totally similar. Like that's so awesome that we have these truths that we love and can live great life. You know, like you don't need to be a member of my church to be like an amazing Christian. And I love that. God knows that. God knows their journey. Everything works out, you know, but like even just helping someone remember that they they have a testimony of Jesus Christ, like is that little step that can help them in their own life. So I love this and I hope everyone enjoyed listening to your testimony and your light and your passion for this. Um, I'll post your Instagram if people want to look up. She's posted some really cool service things she did in Poland and videos she made as a missionary just to help the work there. And I just thought it was so cool. So, yeah. Okay, last final words, your last takeaway, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, I just know that Jesus and God are gods of miracles. And that there's actually, I'll share this quote real quick that I thought was so cool. It's actually by Albert Einstein, so it's so random but i thought it was the coolest quote ever it's there are two ways to live you can live as if nothing is a miracle you can live as if everything is a miracle the most beautiful thing we can experience is the mysterious it is the source of all true art and all science he to whom this emotion is a stranger who can no longer pause to wonder and stand wrapped is awe is as good as dead his eyes are closed and i think that's so cool like I, I don't know what Albert Einstein believed in, but I think that that's so true. And that awe and miracle seeking has such a great power in our lives if we let it. Yeah. Viewing, it, it's like a paradigm shift when you start to view things as like, oh, this person's in my life. That That's a miracle that I met this person for whatever reason. Yeah. I love that. Um, my uplifting takeaway is something I've had in the back of my mind as we've been talking, so I haven't shared it yet, but... It kind of was with that comment you made at the beginning, just like the purpose you have on your mission. God literally like called an apostle to call you anywhere in the world, you know, and sent you to a specific place. And then just like the rest of our lives, you know, it's a greater mission. Like you said, you know, there's more miracles and greater things to come. And sometimes it's hard to believe because you're like, oh, my mission's the best thing in the whole world. And and high schoolers are like, I don't want to leave high school. It's the best, you know, but then they get into college and college is great. You know, it's like every next chapter is the greatest you know and then but the thought I had was um, my friend Tammy said like if God cares so much about where you go on your mission that he called an apostle to call you like how much more is God concerned about who you choose as your eternal companion you know and and planning and orchestrating you in that path to find that person to be with for forever I mean that's where I'm at in my life more and you're probably getting close into that realm and you're there but just like remembering that and viewing things as a miracle in that light, especially like with relationships and dating, just knowing that God is in the details. And if we look for those miracles, we will find them. And evidences, I feel like evidences are miracles, you know, and it's fun to, to label them as miracles because I look for evidence in God's hand, but like they are miracles if you like really think about it. So thank you for helping me remember that and for sharing all your lovely thoughts. I'm excited for for everyone to hear about this. This is fun. And good luck marathon training. And we'll have to follow up with that. Thanks. See you, Sage. Thank you.